Istanbul was Constantinople, and Constantinople was Byzantium. Theatrical people. The useless. Hello and welcome to Emerging Form, a podcast on creative process. I'm Rosemary Watola Tromer. And I'm Christy Ashwanden. Hey, Rosemary. Hi. We're going to talk today about passion projects. We happen to both know a lot about that, huh? Oh, we sure do. (laughs) (laughs) What's Uh, your passion project right now, Rosemary? This? Yes, right? (laughs) This podcast. But you know, Christy, I think I pretty much only have passion projects. Mm. I think my entire career is made up of passion projects. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I used to have a day job. Now I have all passion projects. Okay. Is that possible? I'm just thinking, that's why I'm like, hmm, I'm thinking, I mean, certainly all of your poetry, that's all passion. Right. Yeah, I, I guess I, I can buy it. Okay, I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really what, you know, whether it's yeah, the, right. you know, the the ritual app or the, mm-hmm. you know, the album that just came out, Dark Praise, mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the writing the prompt book for the poetry of presence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the daily poems. It, this, it's it's pretty much all passion projects. Yeah. Luckily, it's worked out that way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What do you have a passion project oh, at the moment? Oh, certainly my podcast. Not, well, this this podcast is. I mean, this this is our ongoing, always passion project, and uh, I think that's why we've sustained it for these many years. Is Absolutely. Because, right? because we're just doing it for passion. But yeah, this podcast that I'm doing for Scientific American, it's kind of interesting. It's very different from our guest podcast that she'll be talking to us about. But uh, it it is a limited run, self-contained podcast, and I'm just having so much fun with it. I'm learning new things. It's been really fun. It's been really fun. And it, uh, for people that are wondering, it is not out yet. I will uh, certainly share it when it is, but mm-hmm. it's months away still. Yeah. Well, we get to talk today with Christine Leskowski, who we've had on once before. We did. Way back in I think it was like episode eight. It was, she was in the single digits. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, she's a Berlin-based multimedia journalist with 15 years of reporting, music, and storytelling experience from around the world. Her video and audio work has appeared on CBS News, NPR 538, and Vox Netflix. Two years ago, she pitched and then supervised the first TikTok news account for the German broadcaster Deutsche Welle. And most recently, she launched an independent passion project, T&J, which is a podcast devoted to 6th century Byzantium and the greatest recorded love story on earth between Empress Theodora and her husband, the Emperor Justinian. I'm so excited to have Christine Leskowski come on again. I know. Let's bring her on. Welcome to Emerging Form, Christine. Hi. We're so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> Again? Again. You are second time guest. And I love this. This is kind of funny because last time you were here, we were talking about collaboration. And this time it's all about sort of going it alone and doing your passion <laughs> project exactly to your own liking. But I thought maybe we could uh, begin where we left off last time. I think the last time you were on Emerging Form, it was in 2019, you're doing music, maybe making videos for some media. Uh, can you just give us like the two sentence update on what you're doing now? 
Yeah, right now I am working primarily for this German broadcaster called Deutsche Welle here in Berlin, which is my home. I've been here for the last four years now and mm -hmm. working uh, working on this passion side project, which is a podcast called TNJ about sixth century Byzantium. <laughs> which is kind of fabulous. I mean, let's admit, very few people have said those words before. <laughs> You're one of the first people to say that. Uh, and it's so exciting, this new obsession of yours. And can you start by telling us just a little bit about the genesis of your new podcast, TNJ? Certainly. Uh, it started during lockdown. I mean, it actually precedes that, let's be honest, but it uh -huh. kicked into gear during lockdown. So TNJ stands for Theodora and Justinian, and those are the names of mm -hmm. an empress and emperor who ruled during the sixth century, end of the Roman Empire. So I get into it, the sort of what is Rome, what is Byzantium, but mm -hmm. you know what we think of as the Byzantine Empire or the late Roman Empire. And I remember learning about them in high school, and there was something about their the nature of their relationship, which even as a teenager growing up in the suburbs of Memphis in the 90s, mm -hmm. I thought, this is radical and really interesting. And it's just sort of stuck around in my brain. Yeah, I love the shout out to your your high school teacher, by the way, in your body. It's very cute. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> this proper. Yeah. And, uh, and so it, it was just sort of always kicking around. And then... When the pandemic hit and I was stuck at home alone in Berlin winter and it gets very cold and very dark, I mm -hmm. thought, you know, oh, I remember the very first pandemic occurred during their reign. I'll just order a bunch of books and do some reading at home. And then, you know, once we were able to start to meet up with people in the springtime, I was just <laughs> full of all these stories about Byzantium. And my friends were like, Christine, you should just make a podcast. And so then, and then I did. It wasn't an overnight thing. Obviously, I was working on other stuff. Uh, but yeah, mm. I um, have been chipping away at it for, gosh, the last three years or so. That's so cool. And I want to ask you, I feel like so many of the best projects sort of start with this obsession, right? And this thing, it's like the thing you can't get enough of. You're going down rabbit holes. I know you went down a lot of rabbit holes for this one. But at what point do you figure out, okay, this is no longer just my obsession. Like, I want to do something with this. And like, how does that process of kind of going from obsession to like a project that you're working on and also like figuring out what that project is? How did that happen for you on this project? That's a great question. I have a really almost poor way of putting this, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, discovering whether there's a there there. Is there a there uh -huh. there? And for me, that, that really consists of a topic that I know is nuanced and full enough that mm. it has its own momentum because yeah. I recognize especially with something like this, you know, with how time consuming it's going to be in order to bring it to fruition, I, I need to still be excited about it despite yeah. the fact that I'm going to have to be in this world a lot. So is it engaging enough yeah. for me to have to dip into for a couple hours every day sometimes, you know, over the span of several months? And I knew that this had it. It just did. Mm -hmm. uh, it, and it, I think because there was so much about it that was relatable and so much about it that was strange. Mm -hmm. And when I would talk about it with people, they really came from uh, a place of 
really having very little exposure to this stuff. So I felt I was in a Mm -hmm. unique position to bring what I found really exciting about it to other people and get them excited about it. And so all of those components were there. Mm -hmm. And so I, I went for it. I love that you, you weren't just asking about, you know, is there the material here to sustain an audience? But you sort of started with yourself, like, I'm going to have to live with this for hours every day. Like, do I? Yeah. I kind of think that's a great test, though, because if you can feel engaged and like, like, let's be honest, any project at some point, you're going to reach the point where you're sick of it and whatever. But like, you want that to happen late in the process and not be something you hit into really early, right? And I think asking that question is such a great way of sort of doing a check of, is this going to be the thing I want to be spending all my time on? Yes, absolutely. And I think it's the nature of the project. I think if I were Mm -hmm. starting a podcast, maybe something more along the lines of what you guys are doing, where Mm -hmm. it's topic oriented, you need to find people to interview, et cetera. But this is, you know, a a storytelling project, a more narrative, you know, written structural project, right? The nature of it is just different. And therefore, yeah, for it to for it to get done, I have to be, I have to want to spend a lot of time with it. So yeah, I think yeah. that's that's how I measure it anyway for something like this. Well, I think it's really sweet also that it started with you telling your friends about it, right? So the, the, there was yeah. this sense of like you got released into the world post, you know, post pandemic or mid pandemic, whatever. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden you were armed with all this excitement and enthusiasm and your friends told you, you've got to do something. But, and... As, as we were talking earlier, Christy and I, when you're, we're listening to your podcast, it feels like we're talking to a friend. It feels like our, somebody who we know has just come like giddy with all this new excitement and, and enthusiasm about this. And then this is like bubbling over of, and get this, and you know what happened next. And so it, there's a thrill in that energetic component. But did you know right away that it was going to be a podcast or how, was there any other way? Did you think it could be a video or a play or an anything else? I always thought it would be a podcast. That's a good question though. I always thought it would be a podcast and here's why. Although I did bring it up with people with a podcast background, people with more podcast narrative, podcast production experience, because Mm -hmm. I, I don't have a podcasting background. I have a video journalism background and half a video is audio. So I, you know, I, I can edit audio, although no one would hire me for that job. That's another story. But when I brought, <laughs> when I, when I would connect with audio folks about this, you know, their immediate reaction was, well, that's going to be really difficult because you don't have, you don't have any archival audio to work with. You know, all of this mm-hmm. is history. And so how are you going to fill up that space? And so I always knew that was going to be something I had to work with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that that's sort of the same argument for why a video wouldn't work. I mean, visually, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure how I would be able to present yeah. any of this with the budget I have, sure. which is not <laughs> yeah. much. So, yeah. so I, think, I think for me, I, you know, I always knew it would be a podcast, although I knew mm-hmm. it was going to be tricky in terms of the approach and how I presented the stories. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think once I started writing it, and I, ten, I sort of tent-pulled the story. Like I wrote the, mm-hmm. I wrote what will probably be the eighth episode first, and then I wrote the intro mm-hmm. episode. And with those two tent-pulls, I thought, well, I know how to fill in the space in between, and I can deal with the after. And so, you know, and then once I started doing that, 
I was just writing and coming up with these little songs for stuff. Like I'm a musician and a songwriter. And so that just sort of happened naturally. And I just didn't fight it. I would just record it in memos onto my phone and kind of leave notes (laughs) in the script. Like, oh, you came up with that jingle or whatever, whatever. So that's you singing? Yeah, it's all me. Oh, I didn't know that. I love love that so much. (laughs) And uh, we're going to play some. Yay, yeah. Um, But I want to just hear you talk a little bit about how you use them because they're so fun. And it also, it really, it lightens the narrative. And particularly, I notice that you seem to use it sometimes too when the story is getting to be like you've sort of been going on or telling a story and it's almost like, okay, now we need to like have, it's not an intermission, but can you just talk about that? Like how you're using these? Because I think it really works. Thank you. I use them. I mean, I, I sort of, how do I say this? My original idea for the podcast was to do more sort of sonic geography spaces, like how do you set up, you know, chronology and geography with sound? I did not Mm. have the strength (laughs) 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 or the ability Uh to really sort through that. So I think this is a compromise. Um, But I I looked at it, I, I think of it as more of a a Mr. Rogers, Sesame Street for adults type of thing. Uh I think adults deserve and can certainly utilize things that help them remember dates or remember concepts. Mm -hmm. And that was really what it was about. It's like, this is all rigorously fact-checked. And I just wanted to give people something a little like that came to me that might stick in their brains, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. whether it's like, how to remember where theatrical people ranked in society, or if you're yeah. thinking about like new vocabulary words or whatever. Right. And so it, I'm not trying to, you know, be super erudite. It's actually the opposite. It's like, these are right. all things that are accessible here. Let me help you. And maybe me by me being silly about it, that might help, help you retain it is the goal. Absolutely. And I think it feels so personal. And I think it is a challenge because, you know, if you were to tell me, okay, here's a podcast where you basically have one person, a narrator, like telling the whole story of this historical event from like hundreds of years, you know, centuries ago, that sounds really boring. You know, how do you, like, how did you go about personal, you you know, how do you make that come to life? Because you only have the one voice. I mean, we just talked about the the song interludes and all that, but, but there are some other techniques I think that you use in different ways of going about the story to keep Keep it from just feeling like you're reading an encyclopedia, right? Yeah, I I use a lot of internet archive. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, anything that was recorded pre-1922 is public domain. So I just spent a lot of time there, like looking into old vinyl and seeing what was available Mm. there. It's a lot of foxtrots, but sometimes you can (laughs) find some other cool stuff. But what, you know, and I have to add a lot of sort of like EQ plugins and things to get a lot of the scratchiness out. But what Mm -hmm. I find is it transports you into this feeling of, oh, this is about old stuff, you know? The static of the stylus and the record. It's like, oh, okay, the music Mm -hmm. is old. Like, so even though it's, you know, in the early 20s, it still helps transport people there a little bit. Um, The other thing is just trying to create more, uh, like, 
I guess I would say soundscapes. Like in what ways can I use mm-hmm. sound to create a sense of place or location or or transporting people? And so, you know, I have this Mediterranean lullaby is what I call it. And so it has waves. And so I always incorporate that. Like when you're leaving, going to and from Istanbul to Alexandria, you know, and like, Uh like how you get there and like sort of this lullaby of the geography with the waves and everything like that. So I, you know, when I first gave my friends very rough versions of the first two episodes, that was a lot of the feedback I got is just, you know, it'd be just really helpful to feel grounded in spaces as much as that's possible. So I I really try and do that Mm -hmm. when I can. Although what's interesting with Foley or like natural sounds of things is sometimes they don't always register in the way you might think. So Mm -hmm. for instance, like breaking bread, like crack like that doesn't really sound like anything so so a lot of it can be trial and error like you know unless Uh you're seeing it it just doesn't register but you know I spent a lot of time kind of playing around with what does Thanks so much for listening to Emerging Form. We want to give a big shout out to a couple of our paid subscribers who have left us really kind reviews on iTunes. For instance Jill Berkey who recently wrote Wonderful. I love this podcast. I feel like I'm among friends when I listen to Christy and Rosemary talk about the creative process. One day, Rosemary shared a new poem that moved me, and I knew I had to start being a paid subscriber then and there. Thank you, Jill. (laughs) Rebecca Reynolds-Weil wrote, Amazing! You will laugh and grab a pen at the same time. This is a fantastic rollicking soup of humor, depth, thoughtful and practical suggestions, and rich creativity. The two hosts are a joy, and they wrap in wonderful guests to add to the discussions. Subscribe and share this delight. What a gift. I love that they both added subscribe to other people. That's nice. I know. Isn't that sweet? Thank you so much for your support, dear listeners. You make this podcast possible. And if you want to join Jill and Rebecca, you can sign up as a paid subscriber at emergingform.substack.com. Thanks for listening. It sounds like you had a lot of help then from your friends early on, just having them be beta listeners for you. And will you talk to us a little bit about that process, about going back and forth? Yeah, I mean, I think I had a lot of support in terms of the, you know, I've been doing, I've been a video journalist and a journalist for a long time. And so I think as someone that writes scripts and creates stories, I have a good sense of who I want to run rough drafts by and what kind of feedback I'm looking for. Uh Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had a small group of people, some in Berlin, like my brother, for instance, who lives in Italy. And so, you know, I shopped it around to them and gave them sort of specific, specific feedback Mm -hmm. that I was looking for, which at that stage was do these stories make sense? Like, is this something that, you know, yeah. you feel like you can follow and is narratively interesting for you? And right. I, and I got, and I got some good, good notes on that and even moved some things around, you know, to help, to help make it listenable. Cause it, like I said, you know, mm-hmm. I'm spending so much time with it. You just need a fresh pair of ears sometimes. So sure. it was helpful for that. Yeah. Sure. I'm really interested to hear you decided to do this on your own, on your own terms. And I think so much of this, this is a passion project, right? And my impression is that you wanted to really do it your way. You've done a lot of projects too, though, that are, you know, with the big platform, with a lot of collaborators. Can you just talk about sort of the benefits and drawbacks of these two approaches? 
Yes. Well, I did shop it around, but I think when I was shopping it around, we were already in this place where unless there was a celebrity attached or Mm -hmm. it was coming from within the production company, there just really wasn't any space to put money behind something new, especially because this was always going to be a limited series. And so mm-hmm. I I feel like I lost a lot of time and energy trying to shop it around. And then, which, you know, I kind of waited like a year navigating that until I uh-huh. finally decided to pursue it on my own. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the benefits of having a team are really just being able to hand things over to folks. Um, (laughs) But I think it kind of goes back to your first question, you know, me having that experience and knowing, okay, I I don't have a production assistant. I don't have an editor. I don't have I don't have any of those people. Mm -hmm. I'm most likely going to have to do all of that myself. Is there a there there? Does this have the energy and the momentum for me to have to spend Mm -hmm. all this time on it? Because that's going to likely be me. But it is very helpful when you're tired to be like, you know what? Like, can you go through this? I just re-record, you know, the big thing is like recording, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm very, I'm, I'm very good at reading from scripts aloud, Uh but having another person there telling you to read something again for various Mm -hmm. reasons I end up doing a lot of re-recording just to make sure Mm -hmm. it's because I'm very picky, but like, you know, mistakes build. If you're not paying attention to them from the beginning, by the time you get to the end point, it's just, it's like a hoarder house. So you have to be very careful (laughs) every stage to make it as clean as you can so that by the end, there's maybe two things that bother you. And, you know, Uh (laughs) and hopefully they're small and no one notices. But I end up doing a lot of re-recording because I'll then get into the edit and be like, Oh, I, you know, uh, there, my my mouth sounded wet or the, there was a plosive (laughs) Uh or I didn't say that quite right or whatever. And so there's lots of passes that I do with the narration recordings that I likely wouldn't have to do if I was able to have someone there Mm -hmm. in the room with me. And also when it was done to be like, there you go, edit it down and make it sound nice. (laughs) You know, like there's no one to do that either. So I think it helps. I think it really just helps you produce much more quickly and help you conserve Mm -hmm. energy, you know, because I I really do have to plan breaks for myself just to make sure, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. (laughs) get burned out. (laughs) But there are benefits of doing it on your own too, right? I mean, I think that it's not just a downside, right? Oh, no, no. I, uh... I think one of the big advantages, and I think one of the reasons I'm actually grateful no one wanted to pick it up, to be honest, is I don't think it would be what it is if I had sold it. This is out there. My approach is quite out there, but it's me and I like it and I think it works. And I think unless you actually hear it in an episode, it's really hard to convince someone what Mm -hmm. the goal or the vision is. And I would imagine I probably would have been forced to accept a much more watered down version of this if there were even singing, you know, at the end there's like music, you know, I just, I don't imagine it being, being the same thing. And so that is one advantage is that I just was able to make it really how I wanted to make it. 
And Christine, it's fabulous. Oh, thank yeah. you. Like, I thank God it didn't get watered down. Yeah. Thank God that it is this kind oh, of unfiltered version of you because you. it has this energy in it that I think you're right. I think you can tell that this is something that that is being done with passion by someone who who just has given themselves carte blanche to be themselves. And it yeah. radiates that, you know, it's, it's, al- it's alive with, I don't even like history. I love this, <laughs> you know, like I'm yeah. so into it. So I, I, I love that you, I, what a blessing really, I yeah. suppose that, that you didn't find someone to pick it up. And, you know, knowing that it's, so it is a passion project and we assume you have another part of your life that you're also <sighs> adhering to. And so how do you how do you do this work and what kind of schedule do you keep in order to keep this going with along with the rest of your life? Yeah, how do you fit it in with your day job? That's the real question. Yeah. I I mean, I I end up doing a lot of this work on the weekends to be honest, and then try and limit mm-hmm. it to maybe just like an hour or two a day, especially when I'm in the when I'm doing the research part and I'm just able to read, that's something altogether different. But, you know, when I'm coming, when I'm script writing and then when I'm recording and doing edits, it's a lot of computer time. You know, I, I do have a full-time job, but I will say it's really been, you know, an advantage working in Germany. You know, I mean, I get a month of vacation, um, wow. you know, and that's honestly what helped me bring this mostly to the finish line is, you know, in December and January of this last year, I just like, I had that time and I like, for the most part, just booked two weeks in the Grand Canaries and worked on it. And then some time in Norway too, but like really having a lot of time off has, has helped really. I mean, I want to ask a little bit more about that. So did you, you kind of, it sounds like you created like a little retreat for yourself, I a did, work retreat, yes. like get it done <laughs> awesome. retreat. Tell us more about that. How, how did that work out? Well, I think I already mentioned that Berlin in winter is very dark and gray. Um, yes. <laughs> and, you know, part of the reason why it's gray is just there's very little sunlight and it's not just, oh, the sun rises later and sets earlier. It's just for whatever reason, seasonally, it's overcast. You might get an hour mm-hmm. or two of sunshine from like 10 to noon if you're lucky. Wow. And then it's overcast. <laughs> it's depressing as hell. So people who live here for any amount of time learn that it's really to your advantage and for to the betterment of your mental health <laughs> and uh-huh. psyche to like get out of here for a, a chunk of time in the winter if you can. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the Grand Canaries are part of Spain, but they're off the coast of southern Morocco. And so, yeah, I just booked a ticket and like a little monk-like room in this bed and breakfast Mm -hmm. in a valley on the southern side of the main island. And yeah, I just like made it the priority to, you know, work work on this while I was there. And then when I wanted a break, I would go to the beach. And if I didn't want to go to the beach, I would go up the mountain and I don't know, it just, it was great for that. Just new setting um, and new ways to sort of unpack and unwind when I wasn't working on Mm -hmm. it. But yeah, having big chunks of time off really helps. That's great. I think this is going to be our last question. And that is, what did you learn working on this project that you're going to take forward into new projects? Ooh, (sighs) 
I mean, I think I knew this, but I didn't want to accept it. (laughs) (sighs) You got to make the thing and you got to make it really good, but promotion and, and, and setting aside resources and energy for that is almost half of it, you know, cause I'm already mm-hmm. find my, finding myself in this position where the response from people who do listen to it has been really positive. Oh, that's great. But it's about, but how do I ensure that that number, the people who can access it and listen to it expands. And I'm already finding myself mm-hmm. sort of hitting this wall of my contacts and being able to really promote it and get it out there. So I think, honestly, I think Mm -hmm. the thing that I'm going to bring to future projects is maybe more of a budget or more of a plan. Cause I know I can Mm -hmm. do it now. I think in the beginning I was like, can I do this? I'm like, okay, I can do this now. (laughs) I can do this now. I know it's required. I know it has to be there now. How do I have a better plan for promotion really without being Mm -hmm. a famous person or knowing any famous people. (laughs) Well, let's just say I had a fairy wand and I gave it to you right now and you could have anything you wanted. You have plenty of money to to do anything you want to for promotion. What would you do? Oh, I mean, I think honestly, my dream for this would be once, once, you know, the, the writers and act like once, once the WGA and Zag get their fair dues, you know, um, the dream would be to get a call from HBO or FX or something and have it be adapted into a mini series. Right. I mean, I totally Ooh, see the potential yeah. for that. Uh, that's the dream, like hundred percent. And that's been a dream for a while. You might've missed it, but there's even like a little thing I do sometimes. It's just like <laughs> HBO, I've got oh, a I, I heard it. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I am shilling that. the dream. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that, that would be, that would be the dream ultimately. It's just mm-hmm. like, or, or, you know, something where this American life wants to, you know, it, it fits with a topic that they're covering. And so that, you know, just getting, that would be sort of the wish if that's an answer to your question mm-hmm. is just people in that world recognizing its potential and just giving it a little airplay within their own shows and helping direct uh-huh. more more ears to it would be the thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, I don't know Ira, mm-hmm. unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. I wish we did. And we'd just give you a shoe in. But <laughs> Yeah, we are, we are going to be running as the bonus episode next week. We'll be running an excerpt from your first episode for people to get a little taste and then they can go subscribe. We'll, we'll put all those links in the show notes. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Thanks for being here, Christine. So fun to talk with you again. No, thank you both. And wonderful questions. And, you know, just the most delicious compliments. It means it means a lot, truly. (laughs) Thank you, Christine. You've been listening to Emerging Form. This is Rosemary Watola-Tromer, and my co-host is science writer Christy Ashwanden. Our fabulous audio producer is Leah Shaw. Our music is created and performed by Kira Kopostansky and edited by Leah Shaw. Kate LaRue designed our logo. Jack Mueller, of course, inspired our work and the name of this podcast. As he always said, 
you must obey the poem's emerging form. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Emerging Form. Did you know that for just a few bucks a month, you can become a paid subscriber and get bonus episodes every other week? Go to emergingform.substack.com to sign up. And if you really want to help us out, leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening.